Hello. It's me, your pal Gordo. Welcome to my show that I like to call The Ghost Wave. This is our second episode. If you didn't listen to the first one, I would recommend that you do that. Turn this off and go listen to the first one instead. It's sequential. Anyway, on my show, The Ghost Wave, it's the type of show that on my show, because I can do anything I want. Yeah, because I have my own website and my own radio show, and nobody can tell me what to do. Okay, and we can stay up all night and talk as loud as we want to. My cousin Scott will stop by again with some exciting updates. We'll talk to Alex Fleming, the founder and CEO of Great Question. And we'll debut a brand new segment called In Darkness. I think you're really going to like it. know but something about today just making me feel like anything can happen like if you set your mind to it you can accomplish your goals as long as you've got the music and the spirit in your heart you could go out there and you can have the best second episode of the best radio show ever and i think we will. But before we do, let's talk about cool books. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, it's your pal Gordo. Um, you remember me. We were just talking earlier. Welcome back to You Should Check This Out because I like this book. Today, I'm really excited to be talking about a series of graphic novels. Yes, something a little different. Something a little different. Uh, a series of graphic novels I think you're really going to like. But before we do, I have to give just the quickest um, That's What's Up to my local library, which is where I discovered this series of books to begin with. If it wasn't for my local library, I wouldn't even know about them. So that's just a quick That's What's Up. Check this book out at your local library, if at all possible. All right, let's talk about the book. The series of books we're talking about today are called Black Sad. They're by the Spanish artists and writers Juan Diaz Canales and Juanjo Garnido. Uh, They're Spanish writers, but the books are originally written in French, and they've been translated into a bunch of different languages, including English. So go read it in whatever language you want. It's all out there. Uh, Okay, so it's a graphic novel. It's gorgeous. It is set in kind of a 1950s America. They're noir stories, which, as you should know, is my shit. I'm way into it. Did I mention that all the characters are anthropomorphized animals? Did you see Zootopia? Did you wish that Zootopia actually involved murder and had stuff about race and sex and sexual perversion and just the hard things about living? In the darkness and the shadows of 1950s America, well, Black Sad is for you. It follows the adventures of Black Sad, who is a detective. He's also a Black Panther. And in the first issue, 
or series of uh, stories compiled in the book just called Black Sad. You're going to read about him solving murders and walking the line between right and wrong. You're going to read about him going up against a group called the Arctic Circle, who, which is basically like a white power organization where all the white animals like polar bears and stuff like that want to get rid of all the black animals like black panthers and crows and other black animals. Then there's also a story about the nuclear bomb and the communist scare of the 50s. So it's good stuff. When I say it's noir, it's I wouldn't say it's like hard-boiled, like gun-in-hand, two-fisted action beat-em-up. Uh, no, it's just really kind of slice-of-life and exploratory. The art style is gorgeous watercolors, and the character personalities you can really see in the way that they're drawn. Even if they weren't animals, this would be a great book. Add on top of that the fact that they're these animals. So you'll see, like, a sad screenwriter who is addicted to heroin, and he's like, um, gosh, what is he? He's a bison. He's a shaggy old bison who's really skinny. And there's an angry drunk who is some kind of bird with ruffled feathers. And there's a, a mobster guy who's a penguin with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. It's just good stuff. You guys are really going to like this. It's drawn gorgeously. Check them out. The series of books is called Black Sad. You should check it out. You're jamming on the ghost wave. Welcome to our next segment, In Darkness, where we discuss things that you do in darkness. In darkness. In darkness. Welcome to In Darkness, where we discuss things you do in darkness. Well, in today's episode, I'd like to tell a personal anecdote about darkness. Darkness of both the literal sense and also the figurative darkness of a man's soul. The following is a true story, a story I have never told anyone. It is the story of the night my friends and I killed my elderly neighbor. I was 12 years old when my life changed forever. One day, walking home from karate, I took a shortcut through an alley and saw it on a curb. Its pages splayed. I knew what it was immediately. It was hard not to. I was a 12-year-old boy, and you know porno when you see it. Now, I had seen nude women before. You know how it is. What's up to my latchkey, kids? You get home after school, you sneak a peek at Dad's hidden Playboy mags, but this... This was different. This was really, really dirty. And this was mine. I tucked it underneath my dresser, a place no one would think to look. That night, me and that second-hand penthouse really... <laughs> well, we really got to uh, know each other. Now, I knew what I was doing was wrong... 
They taught me that in Catholic school. But if, if God didn't want me to masturbate, why did he bestow upon me this sticky-paged gift from the heavens? The battle for my willpower was a short one. But the loss of my morals is not even the worst of it. <laughs> not even close. What I had was special, a rarity even, so I played my cards close to my chest. I spread word amongst my schoolyard chums. Sleepover. Friday night. My house. But I didn't tell them what they would see. What they would see, and I would never speak of again. Until now. My parents had gone upstairs to their bedroom. It was supposedly lights out for us boys, but come on, Mom, get real. We turned back on that Mario Kart 64 almost immediately. Wait, I said. I've got a better idea. Look what I found. I busted out that penthouse mag to the oohs and ahs of my awestruck friends. We all gathered around and tried to look at it once. But it was tough. There was five of us. It was like, you know. Now my friend JP said we should take turns looking at it. He reasoned we'd been fighting all night over controller passing in Mario Kart. The fifth person could just look at the penthouse while the others played. And, oh, he had just played last round, so he should sit this one, and, and he should probably just take the magazine now. But when it was handed to him, J.P. did not sit down and began hungrily flipping through. No, he walked out of the room and disappeared. The mushroom cups turned into flower cups, and before you knew it, we were on Rainbow Road. But J.P. hadn't come back. Russell went to look for him and returned smiling. He's in the bathroom. I'm next. I knew then that these boys, too, were masturbators. The topic hadn't been broached yet. I thought I was the only one, but upon opening up the discussion, we shared stories and experiences and some tips and tricks. One thing we didn't discuss, our eternal fucking damnation. After we'd all had a turn, after that penthouse had gone fully around the world, JP was back in the bathroom for seconds. That's when we heard them. Sirens coming quickly, coming closer. Suddenly, red and blue lights flashing. A squad car pulls up right in front of my house. Oh, fuck. Oh, fucking fuck. I raced down the hall and banged on the door to get JP's attention. I'm almost done, came the voice of the boy on the other side, his pants no doubt draped around his ankles. Get out here now. We gotta hide that porn. I raced back into my room and looked out the window, expecting to see a helicopter with SWAT dudes jumping out of it, holding wanted posters with my face on it. But instead, there was a paramedics van, and a fire truck, and activity next door. They, they weren't here for me at all. That's when I saw her, my elderly neighbor. I think her name was like Elaine Marion. Marilyn? I don't know. Some old lady name. But they were wheeling her out on a gurney. Whoa, said Mike Beasy. I think it's my turn now. The night continued much the same until our exhaustion from excretion exertion got the better of us and we went to bed. In the morning, after my friends had left, my parents told me the neighbor lady had died. I burst out crying. They seemed surprised. We weren't particularly close, the lady and I. I mean, why should I care so much? 
I didn't tell them. I didn't tell anyone. Not for 16 years. But I learned something that day, something I can never forget. That God is testing us every day. And sometimes the consequences for our actions aren't delivered to us. Sometimes he punishes those we hardly know. She didn't die that night. We killed her. We and God killed her. So now, anytime I even think about thinking about masturbation, or premarital sex for that matter, I just stop thinking about it. Because God always sees you. And God always knows what you've done. In darkness... That was the new segment, In Darkness. And I would like to keep things moving in this spooky direction with our next segment, Great Question, West Coast. In today's episode, we'll be joined by series creator... My good pal from New York City, Mr. Alex Fleming. Hey, well, it's me, your pal Gordo, and today, of course, we have our special guest, Mr. Alex Fleming, uh, the inventor of the whole concept of Great Question. Here, we're doing a bi-coastal thing. This is almost like when the superheroes have that uh, crossover event, you know what I mean? Where it's like, we got West Coast, we got East Coast, you know, we got our two shows colliding right now for a super season, super special of Great Question West Coast. Mr. Alex Filming. Thank you so much, Gordo. Uh, it is, it's a pleasure to be here. Now, which one of this is Batman and which one is Superman? That's what I want to know. I don't even want to talk about it. I got this, <laughs> but there's still a bad taste in my mouth. What I did want to know is, of course, uh, here on Great Question West, as you know, we do things a little bit different. We took the formula, we, we twisted it, we put a little West Coast spin on it, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so we use, we don't use a tarot card deck, oh no, no, no. We use the Halloween Oracle, and it's very important that you have your crystal, um, and I hope that you, if you don't have a physical crystal that you hold, that you have a mental crystal, a focusing crystal, uh, oh, something yeah. in your mind... <laughs> Oh, he's searching around, folks. He's going to find it. I got a it. crystal. Uh, actually, uh, I'm holding it's um, a palm stone that I got when I was visiting uh, a henge. Not Stonehenge proper, but one of the, the minor outside henges. It's actually a little bit bigger. That's going to um, work perfectly for our purposes. Oh. Well, thank you. Well, I got, I got the palm stone. It's supposed to uh, be like a stress reliever. It totally works. I just stare at it. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It really worked, folks. And we're going to use that. <laughs> Uh, and your experiences as a focusing object. Uh, let's go right into it. I'm going to start shuffling the Halloween Oracle deck here, and I want you to tell me when to stop. Right. There? Okay, I'm going to take that. Our first card. Oh, well, actually, I need you to speak aloud your question. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm so excited to have you on the horn here. Uh, <laughs> I, I need you to speak aloud it. your question. Now, and this, of course, this is it, a question for Halloween? Uh, it doesn't just... have to be Halloween-related, but we are going to use the symbols 
and the portents uh, of Halloween to divine a response. Okay, great. Uh, I, I want to know uh, how I'm going to find my first comedy festival experience. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, for those of you that don't know, Mr. Fleming here is uh, helping out with a brand new comedy festival. And it's going to be a great thing. But of course, there's a lot of uh, eggs and baskets and, and oh. balloons up in the air. That uh, that are your that you're juggling right now. So well, yeah, yeah, and but this is specifically. Uh, I just got into the Charm City Comedy Festival. I don't know wh when in time this is going to be compared to when you hear this, but uh, it's it's gonna, it should be a lot of fun. I'm going with a lot of uh, comedians to Baltimore. Uh, for the, it'll be the, my first experience. Uh, I'm traveling uh, by my well, not with my girlfriend. She'll be at, actually at a different comedy festival, and she's running another comedy festival the ah. Cinderblock Comedy Festival okay. so it's just a crazy mesh of festivals and uh, and I just want to know, know what's 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 in store and yeah and how you know, what I really want to know is is how to approach it how uh, okay. to mentally prepare myself for uh, for the battle so to speak and with that we shall peel back the curtain on the night that the veil between the worlds is thinnest and divine the answer using the spirits of Halloween tell me when to stop Please stop now. Okay. Tell me when to stop. Uh, now, please. And tell me when to stop. Now. Wonderful. Okay. So I did a three-card spread. Uh, <sighs> you're familiar with three-card spreads. There's generally a beginning, middle, and end, just like in life. Uh, what we're going to do here is we are going to follow the cycle of birth, death, and rebirth, where the first card represents the heart of the issue, the second card is the challenge that you must overcome, and the third card will be your solution. So, for your first right. card, this is the heart of the issue, I've drawn for you Ghost. And Ghost uh, often represents regret or missed opportunities, just as a ghost can haunt the world that it should have left, and it can't, because of something it was unable to finish. Do you feel that you're coming from a place where you haven't been able to accomplish that which you want to? Uh, I, do, I do feel like I've missed some opportunities because I failed to, to, to try because I thought that they might have been too far out of reach. And uh, this is the, the first time that I've really like applied to a number of festivals. And I know a lot of my friends will, will do it. Uh. Uh, we're, we're very eager to, to jump onto it and I was a little hesitant, I have to admit, which was just just fear, really. Nothing. Yeah, nerves, nerves, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so this is um this is a first and you're really kind of stepping outside of your comfort zone. And you're and you're pushing past uh, that which was holding you back before. It's it's also still weird for me to think of myself primarily as a comedian, just because I feel like I've had so many entertaining entertainer hats before in my life and, uh, and I, I feel sometimes like a lot of my peers got a head start because they knew that they wanted to do some you know something earlier yeah. in their life sure I, always... I absolutely know that feeling yeah oh, it's so frustrating um, and I would like to draw your attention to the classic representation of the ghost of like is it Jacob Marley from uh, the Christmas story. Yeah, the, uh, the clanging chains. The clanging chains. And I think in this case, the clanging chains for your ghost 
could be, you know, uh, the things that you've chains that you've put on yourself, you know? So reject, reject that and move past that because this is actually, as we see, this is the past. You're moving away from that. You no longer have to be that ghost. And now sounds great. Now we'll move on to the second card, which is the uh, the problem that you must overcome. Okay. And for this card, I have drawn for you, dawn, the light, light. the light after darkness, like the the coming morning. And I want to show you this card, folks at home. You won't be able to see it, but I want to like, like you. of the dead. Yeah. Right. Right. Can you okay. see this? There's a there's a large yeah, the, owl, an owl in front Huge of the owl. sun, and there's kind of a brook. A little, a little looks, brook. It's very peaceful. It kind of looks like um, the park. I was just uh, on my bike in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. And it, uh, I mean, it's not a true forest with a winding river like that. But the scenery, there, there was a little lake and there were a lot of ducks. And uh, I mean, the sun was setting instead of rising. But uh-huh. it, uh, it definitely it kind of feels like the, ad, the sort of atmosphere that I have around me right, right now. Yeah. And... Um, I think what Don often can illustrate is that change is coming uh, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's inevitable. Like the dawn comes, the dusk comes. But dawn is when uh, all the little creatures come out to play and the plants turn to the sun. And you look at this picture and the, the, the river is flowing, you know, the grass is green. And that to me is illustrating that there's a place of serenity right now. When you said the river was flowing, I just couldn't help but think of the talking heads and water everywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, um, now, how, how could the positive feeling of hope and new life be something that you have to push through? This is our... Oh, uh, well, you haven't been um, uh, talking to me a lot, maybe uh-huh. in, the, in the past week, because it's, uh, I feel like that's been kind of on my mind. I don't know, when I first found out about like even this festival, it, it took me a minute just to to really start like ex- physically expressing joy. Um, I sometimes feel like I've actually kind of talked about this a little bit with like Shrinks and my girlfriend and, and other people about how um, I had this experience in, in Williamsburg, I think I told you about it. And, uh, when I first moved to New York where I lost everything that I brought with me to New York. And I, I kind of felt like I became a slightly different person after that. Uh-huh. Um, like I started being on time for things in a way where I used to always uh, be running late a lot of the time. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't think that was the only moment that caused this, but I, I definitely feel like I kind of closed off in some ways. And it's difficult for me to just to, to sometimes wear the mantle of pride um, uh-huh. which, I mean even that I just just feels gross just talking about um, for well, me so. all, all that Sorry. could be part of the chains of the ghost as well oh man I just feel like I should apologize uh, really but, um, no but I but I guess that those are the chains the the, the apologies yeah uh, gotta gotta throw them off gotta let the just let the sun shine right and move and move through the dawn which will lead you, of course, to our third and final card. This is the outcome if you follow the path before you. Ooh, the skull of light. The skull of light, dude. Dude, in the Halloween... What? Uh, the Halloween Oracle deck. No, Cordo, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. 
The skull of light? What happened? Well, I'm, I'm, no. I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Everything got all, all posteraged. Like it was the, the feed for, for a moment, right when you revealed the card, uh, it, it got pixelated and then fuzzy. Uh, it was very bizarre. I was, well, that's I the, thought you were doing something. That's the power of the skull of light, dude. Get with it. Okay, please. Yeah. I, tell me more about the skull of light. All right, well, there's four skulls in the Halloween Oracle deck, and they each represent um, a different message. The skulls are the messengers. The skull of light uh, represents illumination, obviously, you big doofus. And what it, what it kind of says is that you have to take the light and shine it on your own darkness. That's what the skull of light is all about. It's, it's illuminating the darkness of self. It's illuminating your own boogeyman that's hiding underneath your bed and that which you have been uh, afraid to face in the light of day. Uh, it's about knowing yourself. It's about having a better understanding of yourself. And that could be something, I think, that you probably embrace in your comedy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly how I should respond, but it um, makes a lot of sense uh, when you are the kind of person who holds yourself to an impossible standard sometimes or, sure. or judges is full of a lot of self judgment yeah, um, right. to just be able to, to turn off that dark, um, you know, no Spider-Man intended, but, uh, -huh. uh just to be able to, to, to bring out in a, in a flashlight and to, to illuminate the, the darkness inside. Um, it seems, you know, like it's right there in front of my face, uh, like the most obvious place, which is of course where, Everything when I'm looking for them uh, is, and it's the last place that I look. Uh, so it, 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 it's almost a little embarrassing. Um, Where you're like, it's gosh, now that I see it, it's so obvious. How did I not see it before? Why did it take somebody else to point it out to me? Kind of thing. Can I just like go back ten minutes and just yeah. like be better? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it. Oh, I, I just had to change up my thinking a little bit. No, it, 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 yeah, it just seems really obvious. Well, um, that's the power of the skull of light too Dang, because uh, once the skull of light enters your life you know that it's time to open yourself up to the clarity that it will bring absolutely and uh, and and know that it's just starting for you man <laughs> so like as long as you can stay positive while embracing the darkness you know uh -huh. while, while, I think that's an important thing that I'm getting from the dawn and the skull of light it's not just to ignore it it's to like push through it and shine shine that funky light on it. Uh, I think because it was a skull, and so you know, like it was. It's not just like the the full uh, living human of light. It's the it's skull just the, of light. just the floating skull. Um, <laughs> just kind of hanging out. Well, you're a true magical warrior, Alex Fleming. <laughs> it's been great to have you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to take the uh, complete West Coast franchise and and make it my own. Uh, your inspiration and everything you do. Thank you so much, and, and Godspeed with with all of, of uh, Great Question West. And uh, I'm looking forward to to find it out as, as, and uh, listen and, and uh, wish you all the best. Uh, and we hope. Um, well, any any anywhere, any shout outs you want to give, or, or how can people find you online? How can people yeah. go see you in these upcoming festivals? What's oh your website? God. Give give us the dope. Go to www.greatquestionpod.com uh, to find out about Great Question, and it also has a link to my comedy stuff there. Um, 
you can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore H underscore Fleming. Um, it is much easier to read in print. It, it, it works a lot better there. Um, you can also, uh, the other way to find my website is, uh, is through sodabags.com. Um, I've got a, a bunch of other cool projects coming through Sodabag Studios. Uh, Check it out, website. you guys. Sodabags is where it's at. Because that's kind of where you can find about all sorts of your weird and wild projects. That's, that's the number one place for all of, all of my weird stuff. Hell yeah, you heard it here, folks. Go visit sodabags.com, the home of Alex Filming online. My very special guest and wonderful friend and inspiration, as I said. You're too uh, much, Gordo. We'll, we'll be seeing you real soon. Peace. That was Great Question West Coast with special guest Alex Fleming. What a treat. Speaking of Great Question, my cousin Scott, who was a special guest star last week on Great Question, well, he called me again. I, I thought it would be for a follow-up consultation or... Uh, you know, I'm just going to play the recording of our phone conversation because it's actually kind of interesting and, and has a lot to do with this show. And uh, here, here you go. Just, just listen to it. And once again, if you didn't listen to last episode, episode number one, just go back and listen to it because this, none of this is going to make any sense to you. Yeah, hello. Hey, Scott, what's up? Hey, Gordo, man. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I got you. Uh, hey, dude. Uh, first of all, man, um, that was a really great phone call we had uh, the other day. It was really just it meant a lot to me, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was so great, was it was great having cool. you on the show, and it was, you know, it was even better getting to really talk to you for a while afterwards. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I was really honestly from the tarot card reading i was really moved uh the the or oh sorry i lost my headphones there i was really moved the uh the oracle moved me i guess you could say uh-huh, and, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. Um, and i went on your website and i was looking at it and i thought it was so cool and i went to i hit the donate uh button and i went right to i got money. i got your i got your donation that's so awesome man and um yeah and, no and... it's not no there's a dude i was logged into my company credit card man and when i sent the donation i sent it from my comp from the arizona state board of tourism credit card dude yeah no i saw that and i i assumed like after our phone conversation everything that that um that Maybe you had, you know, you said you kind of wanted to find some synergy between, you know, what what I'm doing and what you and I kind of used to do and, you know, what you're doing now with the state board. And so, you know, I I assume that you had kind of gotten that set up. No, 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 no. Not at all, man. I was I was on my company laptop and I just I I blew it, dude. I, I need you. And can you please refund the charges? The, I if 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 my supervisor sees that I spent Arizona State money on your radio show for a donation, um, I'm going to be in big trouble. This is not going to be cool, man. So please, 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 please call your like website or call your 
computer or your credit card company or whatever it is and just please please refund the charges dude i can't i can't like i can't mess this up man okay um look i'll, I'll definitely do everything i can uh I'll, I'll, I'll definitely look into that but i i need you to know you know um i don't know if i told you this but certainly it's on the website like when you make a donation i make a whole like ad i make a whole ad for you you know i do a whole ad thing and yeah. The, the ad's already in. I mean, the ad, it's done. It's a done deal. And I can't, it's going to, that's going to broadcast any, any day now. I can't take that, <sighs> I can't take that back. So I, I'm going to, look, I'm going to get on, on um, the phone or whatever with, with Squarespace and the credit card, um, you know, processing. And, and we're going <sighs> to, we'll figure it out. But, but I need you to know that the, the songs and the advertising and everything, is, that's already gone through. <sighs> so... I don't know. Maybe just don't. Just don't. Hopefully, I can get the credit card money to refund to you, and then just don't mention the show to them. No. You know, uh, like and don't whatever. Like I mean, it's it's not like they'll find it on iTunes, or it's not like they'll just visit my website somehow. You know. So I, I you're fine. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. You know, I'm trying to start a new thing down here, and you know that how important this is to me. So just, just promise me that you'll fix it. I'm gonna do everything I can. All right, I'm and sorry. I guess um, after I refund it, like, I, um, you're gonna, you're gonna like, you, you're still gonna, I mean, you're still gonna like donate um, the twenty five bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. okay, yeah. So then, no problem. I should. Okay. I can do it. All right, man. Oh, my God. Thank you. I'm sorry. I was so freaked out, dude. I just couldn't believe that I fucked. I'm sorry about the language that I, that I messed that up. Okay, well, I'll, um, I'll, I'll call you back in a while and I'll let you know. All right, call me back. Okay. All right. That was my cousin Scott calling in to clear up just a little bit of confusion. You see, he was trying to support me, and you can too, by visiting theghostwave.com and clicking the donate button. If you give me $25, I'll say just about whatever you want on air, as long as it's not racist or inflammatory. Heck, I might even write you a little jingle. It doesn't matter if you run a small business or are head of publicity for one of the largest states in America. As long as you've got $25, my listeners want to hear from you. But don't take my word for it. Just listen to this little song, definitely not paid for by Arizona State Funds. Wouldn't it be great to escape? Just pack up your bags and go. Well, whether you're looking for a weekend adventure or some place to spend the rest of your life, I know a secret. The secret is the state of Arizona. Yes, with hot summers, mild winters, and a legendary dry heat, Arizona, the last state to join the Union, can't be beat. So tell the boys at the office not to wait up. You're having the experience of a lifetime. Everything is nice and fine in Arizona. When you put your hand in mine and we go walking down the streets and boulevards. And everyone we meet says, have a nice day. Enjoy your stay in Arizona. And it 
enjoy your stay, you will, because there's so much to see and so much to do. Did you know that Arizona was the original location of the Old West? Did you know that Arizona is the only state whose capital is Phoenix, Arizona? Arizona. The official state bird of Arizona is the cactus wren. The official state butterfly of Arizona is the two-tailed swallowtail. The official state fossil of Arizona is petrified wood. The official state seal of Arizona is the state seal of the great state of Arizona. The official state neckwear of Arizona, which is apparently a thing, the bolo tie. Everything is nice and fine in Arizona When you put your hand in mine And we go walking down the streets and boulevards And everyone we meet says Have a nice day Enjoy your stay in Arizona Where can you go to have some fun? In Arizona Don't need a permit to carry a gun In Arizona Home of a violent and brutal history of forcing Native Americans off of their land and into state-sponsored re-education camps and reservations. Welcome back to Five Minutes of Funk, where we discuss funk music, its heroes, its history, its roots, and its meanings for approximately five minutes. I am, of course, your host, your pal Gordo. And if you didn't hear episode one of this wonderful podcast, The Ghost Wave, then you're going to be really missing out because this is a continuation of the conversation that we had in that episode about Parliament uh, and their groundbreaking song, Funkin' Teleki, off their 1977 album, Funkin' Teleki versus the Placebo Syndrome. So, again, if you didn't hear the first episode, none of that probably made any sense to you. So stop right now, go back, listen to the first episode. And for those of us who did hear the first episode, let's just continue our conversation pretty much right where we left off from with this little clipsy doozy. What do you think about that, huh? Pretty pretty funky stuff. So, just a refresher on what we talked about last week regarding this song, Funkin' Teleki versus the Placebo Syndrome. Now, what is the Placebo Syndrome? It's the big pill. It's selling out. It's accepting the false funk substitute, which is provided for you 
by the system. And in what we just listened to, I think, you know, we just jump right back into it. There's a there's a line where he says, would you trade your funk for what's behind the third door? And then he also talks about mind your wants, because there's someone that wants your mind. And what that is in regards to is the selling of authenticity and the packaging of it and the crass commercialization of feeling, specifically in this instance, the funk, of course. And the funk, of course, being the unification of mind, body, and spirit, which will unite all of mankind rump to rump. Yes, friends, it's about authenticity versus commercialism. And what could be more real than that battle circa 1977? You need to understand, we are at uh, the midpoint of the disco fever. And what is disco, if nothing else but a perversion of the funk? In the same way that blues and roots music was perverted to form the basis of the musical style of rock and roll. And what the members of Parliament, George Clinton in particular, were worried about at the time is that people were just taking that doom, doom, doom dance beat. They're taking the feeling, but they're not taking the feeling behind the feeling. And whereas funk and funk music deals with everything in life, the good and the bad, and has a message and has a meaning, disco music, which was often created using studio trickery and the new technology of synthesizers and drum machines just didn't have that emotion. A lot of the songs were just about fucking or dancing, and there's so much more to life than that. So the song Funkin' Teleki versus the Placebo Syndrome is very much a recognition of the true funk versus the false funk, both in life but also in what was happening at the music scene of the time. And now, if I may, hit you with my final funky thought. Remember, the placebo syndrome is the fake funk that tells you that you're okay. But you don't need the fake funk. You need the real funk. The bomb funk. The uncut funk. And that means embracing the yin and the yang, the good and the bad, the light and the dark. Not just taking the big pill that tells you that everything's okay. It's embracing that which makes you unique and funky 
Now, even if that funk is nasty funk, and it's rejecting whatever the current fad that society is prepared and packaged for you that it tells you that you need. But you don't need it. If I may quote another Parliament song, we need the funk. We've got to have that funk. Yep, that was five minutes of funk, which, as always, went a little bit long, but what can you do? All right, folks, now we're going to move into the last segment of the second episode of my radio show, The Ghost Wave, and we saved the best for last because this is definitely my favorite. Pizza Parlor Mysteries. Make mine a slice with extra cheese. And Ruben and I will be going into a San Francisco local pizza establishment and rating that establishment on a seven-point pizza parlor rubric. Only on Pizza Parlor Mysteries. From the Parmesan-crusted streets of San Francisco, the brave men and women of the San Francisco Pizza Police Department have seen it all. These are their stories. Hello? Sure thing. We'll be right there. Let's go. That's enough. That's enough. Break it up. I want you both on a job. I got a big case for you. You remember the lower hate? Sure how, thing, Chief. How, how could I forget? I need you worries working this one. I need you padding the streets 24-7. This one could be the case that breaks them all. Uh, I'm not sure that any pizza places in the lower hate are open 24-7, but uh, continue, Chief. I'm not, I'm not trying to be... Uh, are you ins- giving me smart talk? <laughs> I'm not trying to be insubordinate here. No. When I took this badge 25 years ago, I promised myself to be the best pizza department police chief in this whole precinct. And then he had punks like you tell me how to do my job. Next. Sure thing, Chief. That's right. You need to be more like your partner over here. He knows how to pound the greasers. What I want is you boys working on Mythic Pizza in the Lower Hate. Yeah, sure thing, Chief. Hey, is that smart talk? You need to be more like your partner over here. Isn't that right? Sure thing, Chief. All right, now get out there. This is going to be the toughest case of your career. The case of the myth of the forgotten pizza passion. <laughs> Well, Detective Ruben, looks like we've got another hard case today, and I gotta say, right off the bat, I'm so glad that you're my partner on this. Yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I know that when we go into the shit, when we go down into that pizza wasteland we call the lower hate of San Francisco, uh, that you're always gonna have my back, and I really appreciate that. You got it. And I gotta say, uh, the, the case the Chief gave us today, I was really not looking forward to working this beat, because uh, Mythic Pizza has long been one of my least favorite pizza joints in the city. Yeah, I think I, I remember you saying that. That's uh, that's known. 
it's got to be, I would say, probably the worst pizza in the lower hate. The place is a total dive, and uh, we're going to get into it using all seven of the points on the seven-point rubric. Let's get this case started. Point one. Plants. Uh, right out of the gate, plants. What was the plant situation like here? No plants. Zero plants. A dong. Big old zero. Big old zero. And let's move on here to decor. Decor. Decor, pretty much non-existent also. Yeah, you guys got to picture this place. You walk in, uh, there are uh, just bare orange walls. A garish orange. Now, I will say this. The last time I had been to Mythic Pizza, there was uh, no paint on the walls. They looked even worse. Uh, And it looks like they had recently painted the walls, but there's nothing on them. They're just blank orange walls. No menus, no pictures, no mirrors, no plants around, no decor at all. Yeah, it looked to me like they had just finished painting maybe in the past couple days or even earlier that day. And it was just totally bare, haven't put up any decor. There's like a clock above the right above the front, but it's not even that fancy. Absolutely not. Which brings us to point three. Lighting. Now the lighting, it's pretty dim in here. We went, um, you know, when we were casing this joint, we went uh, right around before nightfall. So, you know, it wasn't the brightest time of the day out. But they didn't have a lot of lights in here. It was it was um, not going to be like it's tough to see. It didn't feel like a bar. But uh, not a place where one could see and enjoy their pizza. True. And yeah, it's like it was... they knew they had something to hide. Yeah, they just seemed kind of gross, the lighting-wise. lighting, lighting wise, You know, it's dank and makes you feel depressed. Now, I, I, I don't even need to ask you this because I already know the answer. Uh, Detective Ruben... How many working light bulbs did they have? Not that many. Just, well, actually, they had seven out of eight, which really is a high score when you look at it. It's a passing grade. and Yeah, by the numbers, but it was nothing fancy. Although, actually, weren't they had newer light fixtures. They did. They kind of had those... Um... Kind of like post-Starbucks glass dome kind of things over them, hanging lights. Yeah, so there there were those hanging down. They and then there were two, uh, two recessed lights. And I know this is very interesting for the listeners. There were two recessed lights, of which uh, one, of, one of which was burnt out. Yeah. Which is, well, that's, uh, that's going to lose I mean, you a point. Yeah, the lighting, it shows how much you care about your place. It's not you want hard people... to replace a fucking light bulb. Yeah, do you want them to feel comfortable, you know, what's what's around, what even areas of the restaurant can you access? Right. There was a whole corner that just had trash cans piled in it and old junk in you there. You could not sit in the window, and is actually, what my partner is trying to say here. You yeah. couldn't sit in the window because there was a trash can that, that blocked you from getting to the window. Yeah. Uh, so lighting, seven out of eight uh, light bulbs. Lighting, uh, adequate. Certainly certainly nothing nice. Pizza, Pizza parlor amenities. Parlor amenities. Amenities. So amenities. For a pizza place, usually, you know, you order a slice of pizza. You want to put some stuff on it. Yeah. Parmesan. Red flake peppers. Garlic powder. Maybe. And maybe maybe you want to put some on. Maybe your friend wants to put some on. But oh, wait. You're you're already out. 
You know why? You want to know why? Because Mythic Pizza had not bothered to replace their uh, amenity dispensers in in much some time. You could tell that they were all empty. Uh, This place doesn't get a lot of business. And so it's not like they used all that today. Yeah, there's that thing of Parmesan could last a good month. And it's down to just half an inch on the bottom. Now, they had multiple tables in this place, but only one set of all your amenity dispensers. And when we got there, there was two gentlemen. They also might have been casing the joint. They might have been working for a different agency. Mm. Um, And they were standing in front of the amenity dispenser. So then you have to have that whole awkward thing of like, oh, excuse me, guys. Can I just, you know, use the stuff? And it's like, look, I'm here. I'm working, you know, I'm working my job here. I don't want to interact with with the freaks. Yeah, plus... There was a, I think there was a stool right in front of the amenities. So somebody could have just plopped down right there, starts eating. That's what the guys were doing. They're just eating there at the bar. Not a separate zone. Right. Not set aside or anything. So you have to interact with other people. So, you know, amenities, not, not very good, not very helpful. Yeah, I counted three tables. Um, so there were, yeah, two that sat two people and one that sat four people. So... If you have a group of more than four, you're fucked. Don't come to Mythic Pizza. Fuck you. Don't Fuck come in. you. And that's that's just the vibe you get in general. Right. Now, amenities. Let's let's speak on this for a second. When we ordered, we tried to pay with credit card. What happened? They denied. And now this was despite the numerous signs all around that said, we accept Visa, MasterCard, and American Express. So, which would lead you to think that they would accept uh, Visa or American Express. Or, or even MasterCard. Yeah. Of which we offered them all three, and they said, no, we, we actually don't accept any of them. Yeah, they had a Square sticker, but they were not using Square. And then actually, they, they tried to give us the brush off, basically, with that whole situation. Um, I ended up paying in cash. Luckily, I had some cash. And then by the time we actually sat down to eat, there was already a new sign they had put up hastily. Right. Written on a pizza box. It said cash only. So I don't know, guys. You should figure that out before you open business for the day. And truthfully, I wondered right then whether we had been made, you know? Like whether they knew that we were onto them and they knew we were from the force coming in here doing an investigation. Doing an inspection. Um, we got to move on to entertainment options. All right. Entertainment options. This is really where the case opens up for me. Because hmm. wow. I've been to Mythic Pizza a bunch of times. Usually when I go in there, I know that I can sit down and watch maybe an ep- half an episode of The Crocodile Hunter. <laughs> oh, that's right. They or, were always fucking playing some Discovery Channel bullshit. Some Discovery Channel bullshit. Yeah. And so we walk in there. Expecting and, some Discovery yeah. Channel bullshit. So that should be some good, lively entertainment. If The sound fills the place. The best. And it's something to do for, you know, other than stare at the walls that are painted like blood orange. Uh, but the TV was gone. There was no TV. Are you hearing my partner? There was no, no TV. No No TV. There's no no TV, TV, but but there are six six security security cameras. cameras. One, two, three, four, five, six security cameras. Yeah, just aimed every which way at us customers in the customer zone. Right. So then I thought, no TV, now there's security cameras. 
Maybe the TV got stolen. Back up. So that that's a pretty good mystery, I think. Right. Wow. So that's so so somebody might have come along and just ruined the one entertainment option that we all had. Yeah, and actually, it was silent in there. If you remember, there was no music at out, all. So. There was no music at all. No sound, just some weird t- chatter from the guys in the back. But that was our only real entertainment. Which is terrible because, as we all know, that every pizza place intrinsically has a Hollywood connection. Hollywood, the birthplace of the pizza pie and the pizza parlor. It's perfection. The Hollywood connection. It's so important. We saved it for last. The Hollywood connection. This place had zero Hollywood connection to speak of. Yeah, it was sad. It it just made me sad. Now, most places uh, you go to a pizza place, a good pizza parlor will have at least one celebrity autograph or a picture of a celebrity at the restaurant, or at the very least, a celebrity just eating a slice of pizza. Some kind of poster, something. It's not hard. It's not hard to. It's it's not hard to honor. Right. It's not difficult to honor the Hollywood connection, and this Mm -hmm. place had um, none. There's nothing. I mean, like we said, there's nothing on the walls. And now they they don't even have a TV. And I got to say... Was close, but no TV. This is when the case really broke wide open f- for me. Oh, okay. Because this is when I realized that these people, this mythic pizza, they have no love for the craft, the pizza craft, the environment. Mm-hmm. You know, when you walk into a pizza parlor, it needs to be that you're transported to a a, 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 a different place, or a, a temple of pizza enjoyment. Mm-hmm. They did not respect that at all. Mm-hmm. And then without the Hollywood connection, I knew that they had uh, no they, respect for the game. They've lost their roots. No love for the craft and no respect for the game. They've absolutely lost their roots. They've lost their way. Yeah, it's it's really depressing, actually. And I think that's really what the chief was talking about with this case. There's there's just no passion. There's no passion. They've completely forgotten about what what made them want to enter the pizza profession to begin with. This place, like I said, the whole it all comes together to just bring you down and make you feel depressed. Which is which brings us to our last point, of course, presentation. Presentation of the and- slice. Presentation. And both of the slice and just the presentation of, in total. Oh, in, in general, yeah, it's yeah, right. the complete package. Uh, describe the slice. How did the slice arrive to us, Detective? When I got my slice, it was on a single paper plate. Are you hearing this? Just slopping down grease. Greasy as fuck. And I got the one of the rare sad things that can happen when you if you eat a lot of pizza this will happen to you some at some point i got the smush slice and what what my partner means by that is you get a slice of pepperoni pizza and a good pizza parlor that cares about the craft is going to put the pepperoni on top and then they're going to sprinkle cheese on top of that so when you put it in the oven it sticks together right the the cheese layer melts on top and holds the pepperoni down did Mythic Pizza do that? No. And what happened? As soon as I picked up the slice to take a bite and enjoy a delicious moment, then half the pepperonis just fell right off, and 
they were these little grease cups, which that happens to pepperoni. There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, they just were falling right off. And I mean, even actually the, the pizza tip uh, was all smushed and... And was stuck and, to the plate. And stuck to the plate and had this weird, gross, like flipped up kind of look to it. So, I mean, that presentation just really said a lot. It was bad. It was despicable. You got the slice. I thought it wasn't suitable for a human mouth. It was more suitable for the trash can. Yeah. I mean, I've never worked in a pizza parlor. I'm not I'm not fully qualified to do that. But I think if I did and I pulled that slice out to hand to somebody, I would just feel bad to even give that to somebody. And as far as I'm concerned, Mythic Pizza can close and the world will be a better place. I think they want to close. They're just begging for it. It... The pizza game doesn't make them happy, and I think that they need to leave and and follow their hearts. Yeah, that's what I recommend as well. So that's I think we got a case closed on this one. And so if you're listening to this and you're thinking about pizza and you find yourself in the lower hate, remember what we said: stay the heck away from Mythic Pizza. Case closed. Case closed. Hey, and until then, keep your eyes on the pies and enjoy those delicious moments. Okie dokie. There it is. Second episode. It's all done. And you know what? We we did it together. And you know what? We had fun along the way. And you know what? We even learned something. We had a visit from my cousin Scott. We talked to Alex Fleming. We discussed funk music and especially Parliament and Funk and Teleki. We talked about cool books. We had a new segment about things you do in darkness. I mean, what else is there? And I hope you guys have been enjoying the show so far. It's been a lot of fun to put together. New episodes will be coming out mm, probably monthly. And if you're enjoying the show, please send me an email and, and let me know what you like. Similarly, if you want to be a guest on a future segment, just let me know. It can probably be arranged. Let's just ride this out. Uh Uh-huh. You've been listening to The Ghost Wave. I have been and will continue to be your pal, Gordo.